Thanks so much for getting our preview edition of the fantastic Everest meeting at Randwick tomorrow. Before we look forward, let's have a listen to some of the highlights of these fantastic runners. Strike leading to Acklam Express in second place. Twilight Calls coming home in third position, but it is the great Australian sprinter, Nature Strike, and James McDonald. And look how far they Working home is Marzu and Paololi down the outside. Maders Roth fire. Marzu the leader. Paololi the outside. On Trivia coming home late as well, but Marzu's in front from Paololi. Marzu, Paololi, Marzu! Eduardo in front, but Nature Strip getting on terms now. Here comes the chat, Nature Strip taking the lead from Eduardo, clear from Lost and Running, and Nature Strip back on target. And now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. And Vince Accardi, here comes the boom. It's, it's it's boom time in Sydney with the fantastic Everest. What a ra- fantastic race this has become. Yes, it's become fantastic. And I feel maybe Peter Volandis, he be, would have been doing special meditation <laughs> and asking all the gods, stop the goddamn rain. And he might just get his wish because the rain. <laughs> 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 
he's, he's showing that there could be no more rain from sometime from today onwards, right? And a golden clear day on the Saturday, which is going to be fantastic. Not not only for us race fans, but for the club. I mean, if anyone needs a break, the Sydney Race Club boys need a break. They just need one. <laughs> Goodness me, it's been six months of just non-stop rain. No, no question at all. Well, every, Everest Day, the rail's back to the uh, true position. Uh, we, we obviously, uh, we're expecting a fast race, but before we deep dive into the Everest, what's your expectations on how Randwick will play as of this recording, quarter past six Friday morning? Well, the tracks come up heavy, obviously. The big thing is, if, if the forecast is right for Moya and there's no more rain to come from, I don't know, lunchtime today, and it's clear skies Saturday, we will be on improving ground for sure. There's no doubt about it. So where mindset sort of like an S6 sort of range? Yeah, I'm going in the S range. Yep. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, we're going to be S5. I'm saying S7 yep. is, is where I'm better throwing heavy. it. <laughs> yeah, better, yeah, or worst case scenario, H8. Yep, all right, gotcha. Worst case scenario. Righto, the speed of this race, uh, could you have got a bit of barrier for uh, Nature's Trip? I say no. <laughs> Wide barrier, fast horses, Eduardo's out there as well. Yeah, look, of course, if you're drawn inside and you miss the start, it's bad news. If you're drawn outside and you miss the start a little bit, it's no bad news. You can still just roll yourself forward. I agree. Race shape, all the indicators are, you know, we've had plenty of experience now, Ralphie, they're going to run, aren't they? They're not going to crawl. Yep. And if they and look, if, any, if anybody thought, let's just sit. It's the race will be over after four hundred meters, right? That's right. <laughs> it's over. It's going to be just one horse that wins, right? Yep. But if they roll like we expect, then it's going to be a contest. And this is my expectation. It's going to be a contest. And what are we going to get? Plus three, plus five. We're going to be borderline. Racing fast, we're definitely going to be above average. So I can't pin it below plus three. This is this is if there's a little bit of caution coming into race seven and maybe the track is a little bit choppy for whatever reason. I don't believe this is going to be the case, but if that's what happens, then uh, maybe we'll have a little bit slower pace. But if we're on improving ground, then we're going to be looking much closer to a plus five, maybe even plus six, which will be a fast run race. It, it took a few, uh, well, how do I put this, statistical nerds. It took people a while to uh, to work out Nature Strip. And more to the point, Chris Waller's tactics with Nature Strip, he's a grand final horse, fits. So oh, yeah. Big so grand final day. Um, so your level of expectations here from an IVR perspective on what he'll, what he'll do and what needs to be done to win this race. Well, here's the sad part. The <laughs> It's like if you're going in a high jump and you can only jump one metre, you're in a lot of trouble. Right, <laughs> particularly if you've got uh, other athletes there that can do two metres, right, yeah. <laughs> or world records. But there's no world record races. There's no black Gabby R's here, right? So I've got to be honest with myself, right? There's no one here that's going to be capable of running plus 10. So I have to put a, a lid on myself in terms of thought. Nature Strip's a rock-solid plus six horse. Yep. And therefore, he's going to clearly jump like, say, two metres and above. How many others can do that in the race? Well, there's only two that are proven. Yep. There's one knocking right on the doorstep. So the two that are proven, Nature Strip's one and Mask Crusade is another, and then Eduardo's knocking on that door. And then after that, unfortunately, it's just whether you can turn up and the others don't. So this, that's really the starting point. And, and yeah, for sure. Uh, the, the, the matchup with Eduardo's fascinating. I reckon Chris Waller would be delighted that Eduardo's also wide, but just inside, just inside Nature Strip. So what does Eduardo do? Eduardo, Eduardo leads. 
But one thing, and we discussed it prior to the race, we're not being uh, experts in hindsight here, is last start, uh, Nashville Willow wasn't riding um, wasn't riding Eduardo. Uh, Brenton Avdola went on. No knock on Brenton Avdola, but Nashville Willow is just such a remarkable judge with this horse and such an affinity with him, gets the best out of him. What's your level of expectations from a matchup with these two horses? Well, we do expect that, and that's going to be the matching of the brains. Of course, Apache Chase could be the ointment in in that in terms of that lead speed. It might just come out and want to fly. If that's, that's if, if it gets a run, of course. That's so, if it gets a run. Yeah. If it doesn't get a run, right, and there's no scratchings, then it won't. Then it's going to be these two runners going to sit there. Oh, I just feel that McDonald will probably say, Nashy boy, you go to the front and let's see what happens. Yes. <laughs> and I'll just sit because the nature strip's relaxing a bit more, right? Yep. So why not? And that's been the, that's been the art, and we've 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 covered this journey since his uh, since his day as well with Robert Smurden and Darren Weir. That this is what uh, this remarkable trader has done with Nature Trip. He's got this horse to relax. When at the earliest part of his career, there was no way we'd be expecting him to be a twelve hundred horse. No, and the other thing is both ground horses are virtually identical on wet track profiles. Nature Strip WTI eight point eight, Eduardo eight point. So I, th- I thought that was fascinating. The other thing that I also looked at, there is one little advantage that Eduardo could get, right? Yep. And this is this is just another way. Maybe a lot of people don't look at this when you're looking at say sectional times, and you look at the aerobic capacity, and you combine the early and late speed to get a better insight about what that sustained pressure looks like. Eduardo, oddly enough, comes in with a 34.7. So it's getting your metres per second early and late, combining them. Yep. Versus Nature Strip, who gets a 35.3, right? <laughs> now, I that's significant, right? And it's just – so if we get this sustained speed and they're running plus fours, plus fives through the first section, you're somewhere near that speed in the mid, then it, Nature Strip's going to win. Yep. But if we get an overextension – that's going to allow something else to come because both of them are going to probably fail. Well, you, you previously said that. There, the one bit of kryptonite with Nature Strip, there's not much when you've uh, when you've got a career that's won 22 races, is high Bunsen burner sustained speed. Yeah, through the first two sections. Yep. So if you get fast first section, then looking for an overextension, really all, all James has to do is hold his nerve and not go any harder between the 8 and the 400. That's the key. So last year, Mars Crusader just missed. And the case for him is this. Um, last year, his first up win at Caulfield was phenomenal. It was uh, 3.1 lengths above benchmark. I think I'm pretty sure it was a new PP. You'll tell me otherwise. Then he went to Randwick and won. The point being that he had to really qualify and come to play to get into the into the Everest. And he's just missed. He split these two fantastic sprinters, Nature Strip and Eduardo. And the context is this. He's come into the stable this time in. Grand final trainers, Team Hawks. They just knew he only had to peak in the big day. He didn't have to peak early in the prep. So what, what's the uh, case for Mars Crusader? I agree, Ralphie. This is exactly right. I mean, the horse got through that ground on the on you know, and this is on the 1st of October. That was, what, 17.2 below benchmark. So you know that that's rock-solid S7, without a shadow of doubt, you know, bordering H8. And it was a WTI 5.8. Mind you, not as good as the other two horses. It is a couple. It's still giving a couple of lengths away to those two runners on heavy ground. But the performance increase was there. It went from 0.3 above to plus 2.5 and is ready to... 
well, I, I, the indicators are it's ready to peak. And therefore, it's very, very capable of going plus five. But drying ground significantly improves its chances. In other words, if we're getting improvement on the ground and we start seeing like an S7 and then we see an S6, dangerous horse. All right, so that's the uh, that's at about twelve dollars here. Let, let's let's round off that that four, form line with Lost and Running and Marzu, who were in that finish with Mars Crusader last start. Your thoughts on those two horses? Yeah, just one last comment, Ralphie, on Mars Crusader. Right. Yep. Backmarker, best rider in in in, in Australia with backmarkers is Pike. So you ca- absolutely can't get a better rider. That's a absolute certainty for that. <laughs> let's just look up in Perth. Uh, eight million eight million times he won from the back. Yeah, he's actually a genius, a dead set genius. I don't know what it is about him when it comes to backmark runners. The way he can zig and zag, (laughs) I haven't seen any other rider ever do it. So nerves are still dynamic. And if I had a horse like this, it was a backmarker, that's the first rider I want. Nice. All right. Okay. Like, like I said, from last start, it was a three-way finish. Lost and running a Mazu. What's your thoughts on these two? Well, first, I'm going to say absolutely no to Mazu. This is a horse that I've been very excited about. Yep. And had such a – I've got a really high p- opinion of this horse in terms of its capability. Now, it is – I don't have a ceiling on him. 2.7, and he's running to that profile. So there is this chance this horse is going to leap further, but he's not going to find three. He's just not going to find three, Ralphie. Not today, anyway. I just can't see it. There's nothing in the numbers that says he's going to find three lengths. Okay, the stable is the only area that you can turn and say, well, they're big times um, stable for these sort of races could just you know, pull it off. Yes, they can. But it doesn't even get the heavy track advantage, Ralph. You know, it loves wet ground, but it's not It's not better than the other two. So not only do you have to find a couple of lengths more on wet ground profile, but you have to find at least three lengths. I just, from a business point of view, I have to say no. On the other hand, lost and running, it's got different issues. The first one is this. Profile-wise, is trending better than Mazu. So... It is an older horse, but it's trending better. And therefore, it's got a frank 4.3 from Historics. So it's right on that line to go 4.3 for sure. Could it go and find another length? I'm always a believer that you might be able to find another length, even with these sort of horses. They haven't had a lot of exposure. If they get all the right shapes perfectly to match, they can find a length, length and a half. Downside? is, okay, I look at the WTI, it's it's in line with the Mars Crusader, maybe slightly inferior to Marzu, but let's say similar, right? You have to have improving ground. If it stays heavy, it's not going to be able to match those other two horses, Ralph. But if it's seven and we're going to six, S6, and we're getting that sort of scenario and maybe some golden S5, then this is the horse that's going to be one of the other key leapers. Uh, Jack and O uh, was, uh, actually, before I get to the three-year-olds, Private Eye, your head rolled off uh, two weeks ago after what it did at Flemington in the first half. It, it's Epsom performance uh, underlying its class. It came to play. But my question is this, two-week backup, is he like, was that his chance to show his absolute best at 1,200? Well, that's what the indicators are. 
But yep. it is Joseph Pride who, you know, I pay immense respect to him. Look what he's done with Eduardo. It's been unbelievable <laughs> what he's done. It, it's truly every bit as good as what Waller's done with Nature Strip. I mean, just remarkable improvement and s- kept this horse flying. Private Eye does have a PB of 5.2, right? So it can get in this five range. Yep. In other words, it's capable of turning up. He's, it's, he's one, it's one of three athletes that can break the two-metre barrier. I'm just, you know, making yeah. that scenario up so 4.4 first up best of the day of course we know from experience that means big flat line run coming right so (laughs) i have that expectation but here's the thing ralphie if there's overextension through the first two sections no matter what this horse won't have the speed early yep so it's going to be out the back and it's going to storm home and it's going to if if it's if breton rides it that way with a you know cold approach and he just allows the horse to be the horse, it's going to be explosive. Like It'll be like Mask Crusader. They are going to be the two horses that are going to storm out of the pack, right, and be looking to run down these two horses. But first up, 4.4 plus 7.3 last for one. That is a red flag, right? I mean, yeah. so you, you, you could have red line run fever. All right, let's uh, round off with the three-year-olds there. Jackano and Giga Kick. Uh, I assume you're going to say Giga Kick definitely not good enough. And Jackano, very, very good in the Golden Rose, but does that mean it's 1,200 speed against these? Yeah, I'm not one to, you know, think too much about dreams, but you wouldn't read about it. I had a dream overnight. How <laughs> weird is this? I had a dream that Giga Kick was leading all the way right. and, got, and got run down over the last 100 metres. I mean, can, I mean, how weird is that for a dream right now? I'm not any Picasso to try and depict it, but okay, why on earth was I dreaming of that horse, right? Out of all of them. I right? hope we're not replaying this on Monday, by the way. Right. But this is <laughs> this is the weirdness, right? Yep. It's a two point six profile. So what's what what let's let's be candid here. It's virtually as good as Marzu and it's it's had you know, nowhere near the same racing. Yep. So class wise, if you think Marzu's got a chance, you've got to give this a chance. But are, are you gonna go and find three lengths? I don't think so. Can you handle a heavy track if we're going to be on heavy? Geez, there are a lot of big ass. So good on you for coming there and having a go. And yep. I hope my, you know, well, the dream's sort of saying it's leading all the way and, and getting beaten. <laughs> so I'll stick with that for now. <laughs> Jackano? Dry track, Ralphie. Yeah. Got to have a dry track. The run, last start, again, no different to the Giga Kick. Big profiling horse. I mean, 3.8 last start, that's massive. Best of the day, I'm not scared of the fact the horse coming back 200 metres. I, I don't see that as a negative. I really don't. In the 21 days, also, I feel that that's a positive. Will you get the same favours, and are you good enough? Well, right now, I don't reckon we're going to end up on a good track, Ralphie. Right. I just don't. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I mean, I, I'd love to see a good track, right? But yep. I just don't think that's going to happen, and therefore the chances are diminished. All right. In summary, uh, is there any reason to be wary of Nature Strip, uh, the two dollar price, or is he just do what Nature Strip does and win, wins grand finals? Well, I'm going to be boring. Yep. I just hope that there's a lot of chaos, and then from now until tomorrow morning, and you know everybody's throwing darts at Nature Strip, <laughs> or you know, or more to the point, elevating everybody else because you know everybody's going to be spooking their horse, and all of a sudden Nature Strip's going to be three, four dollars, and it's going to be exciting price <laughs> that is. All right. You're not expecting him to lose, are you? No, no. I'm expecting this horse to turn up and just win. Lovely. 
That's it. That's our summary. Okay, race eight on the program here. Another another good race on a, on a high-class program here. Million dollars up for grabs. Uh, moderate to high confidence is your thoughts on Friday morning. Mr. Mozart, most advantage. Yes, well, it's all going to come back down to ground conditions. Right now, it's there. I've got it on top. There is an expectation. It can handle wet ground. Of course, I am looking for, when I say handle wet ground, Ralphie, I'm looking for an S5, right? Yeah. At the moment, I've got a zero plug-in because I am working S7, H8 range at least. And therefore, if we stay heavy, now I know you can look at data statistics and it says, well, you can handle, you know, you've won on heavy ground. Well, the best I could find was the Hawkesbury run. And that was 14.7 below. And there was a 10.3 there, right? Yep. I sort of sit back and say, okay, well, all the other two runs on the slow ground are nowhere near that. Was it at an outlying performance on ground conditions or not? So I just sit there and say, okay, well, you're a genuine WTI plus five. And if you've got an improving ground, I'm going to keep you on top and say I, I want to be with you as being a serious winning chance. So that's where I sit at the moment with that horse. And the first up run was brilliant, 0.8 above. All right, we'll, we'll update that uh, obviously tomorrow. Yep. Uh, one horse that you've given a, a good chance to at a price is, uh, is Kiss Sum here. It's had a barrier trial. We we, uh, we had a bit of fun. We barred uh, th- this one home in the Queensland Carnival when we were following that. And its start prior was was where the good data was, and it was second to Valana, who also runs here. So let's match up those two horses and chan- their chances here. Yeah, it's got a. This is a horse with no ceiling for me. So. I sit back here and say, okay, you've got a PB of 1.2. That's at 1,400. You also have a another performance, which was over 1,500 metres of 0.7 above. And from a first up profile, this horse hasn't shown anything like dynamic, but this just looks like it's targeted because that barrier trial, from the first barrier trial in early September to the second, there was a significant improvement. And I'm taking nothing into that last trial of the 4th of October because they weren't attempting to do anything with the horse. They already had the horse where they wanted. So I have this expectation this horse is going to turn up and be reasonably explosive. And why not? Why can't you be right in this race? From a wet ground point of view, you can definitely get through ground conditions. There it is, 31 and a half lengths below stand with a rock solid plus 6.5 there's another performance there of around 6.2 so you know this horse is going to handle wet ground and i'll be just looking for a, a clearance on the yard all right well as much as 14 dollars here and like i said it matches up with Volano. where's where's Volano? Volano, yes well here we are first up peaking performance also comes from eagle farm with a plus 1.7 rosehill trial on the 20th of nine sound again ralphie I've, I came out with a view very early that the Cummings team of the Blue Jackets, he's been getting his horses very forward. Yep. Right from the right from the get go, this is no different. He's got this horse tuned up, and this horse is going to be no different to the others. Going to turn up and be very explosive, and is going to be looking to put in a big run. My question mark is this. We've just got to get back down to the conditions of the heavy ground. It has one on heavy tracks. It's got a profile that sits only between sort of 1.8 to 5 range. So if it's improving, I'm going to sharply elevate. So in the morning, if this rain stays away today 
and we've got exactly how they're forecasting clear sunshine. This horse is going to get a big, big elevation up, and I wouldn't be surprised if I have it on top. I should underline here the reason it's called the Silver Eagle is it's for four year olds over thirteen hundred and grand final Ray is two weeks away in the in the Golden Eagle so uh, so it's it, that, hence the race being restricted for four year olds there. A couple of these mares start Tontes well well she's our rock star for the year isn't she? Fits after the big odds she, she won out during the year that was yes. a lot of fun uh, and um, and Espiona are they are these two very good mares but better on drier ground. Well, they definitely love the dry ground, Ralphie, for sure. Star Tonso is, is probably at best around a WTI of plus four. Espiona, well, I did manage to find a run of plus five, so they're very similar. Mind you, they're not that far behind the other wet trackers in this run, and they've got a slightly better profile. So I'm not sitting here and saying, oh, well, you're not going to be competitive. You will. You'll be competitive. But, of course, for your best, dry the better. Right. And, uh, and just to round off with a couple of these uh, emerging type of runners, uh, firstly, Lock Eagle visually, and it was an amazing-looking win uh, first up. Yeah, it was a, an amazing-looking win. It just smashed the competition. But you just got to look at it like this, Ralphie. 8.1 lengths below benchmark first section. The second section was 7.3 lengths below. In other words, we've run a combined 15.5 for the first two-thirds of the race. It's going to look explosive, and I pinned it just about like maybe a length or two faster than a barrier trial. Yep. So I'm, I'm always nervous about that. But there it is, 5.9 below. Is it going to be an improver for sure? I mean, this stable, they're, they're not silly. They know what they're doing. Can it handle wet ground? Yes, it can handle given the ground. Are you going to turn up and run benchmark or better? Probably. So you're a chance. You're a chance, yep. And, and Waterford, the emerging horse there. Number 10, Waterford. Yep. Well, first up run was 1.3 below off a very slow first section, nine and a half lengths below benchmark. Did finish off very nicely. Last 400 with a plus 2.4. Last start again turned up one. I actually feel it's behind Lock Eagle in terms of profile. And I do have an expectation that Lock Eagle could beat this horse. But like anything, Ralphie, stranger things can happen, particularly from this stable. We've got the right guy on board. Uh, race nine on the program here. The, the market's got it uh, as a reasonably thin race with Ellsberg and Erton dominating. Is this is this a pincer movement race? And by that I mean Vince that uh, Ellsberg dead heated in the Epsom. Uh, we know on a very wet track, it's uh, it, it just loves the conditions. Erton second favourite. We know dry the better. Yeah, well the starting point's got to be Ellsberg. Surely, I mean what a run last start. Two point six above. It repeats that it wins. Right. That's what it's got to do. It doesn't need to do anything more. Only needs to repeat that performance. Just return and repeat that. Go and get your money. It'll be that straightforward. If you don't repeat and you run below that, well, you're going to open the race up. And mind you, even if the horse runs within one length of that run, it won't be out of the top three. So, I, I, And if this track stays S7H8, I'll be wanting to put more money on it. <laughs> so that's what I was going to ask you because Erton is a horse that we've, we've pegged since early doors. Uh, really exciting type. Hasn't been able to put it together, but what we have seen is is just he, he needs dry ground, doesn't he? Well, that's the thing. You got to you got to you got to feel for the stable because they got a very talented racehorse. And mind you, on class, there's no way Ellsberg's better than Anton. No way. But on ground conditions, 10 lengths difference. And that's why I'm saying, Damien Lane, I know you're on it. Very good. 
please, you know, sit alongside Volandis and say, can we get on a, you know, maybe an, an S5 G4? If you get that miracle happen, then, yeah, I'd be saying I'd be I'd get I'd get fairly nervous because then it becomes a two horse race. So, uh, is it worth telling any more stories about this race, I'll or are you just pretty happy with Ellsberg, and uh, particularly if the ground's wet, is as Friday morning? Well, right now I've got Ellsberg borderline standout, Lovely. and the only way I'm going to change that at the moment I've kept it high, but yep. I'm expecting the ground to improve. So let's see how much. Okay. Last race in the program, in the uh, the favourite race is Polly Gray. Um, seems pretty tight uh, for mine. <laughs> look, look at this from a $4 perspective there, but obviously going to run well. You've got fine point as your most advantage off a, off a sound first up win at Rose Hill. Yeah, so I thought about this. Here's Polly Gray come up, I don't know, is it around $4? Yep. And you say to yourself, but how come? You know, this is also 2,000 metre horse, right? Or yeah. is it? And then I look at the... You know, what's the hurdle rate? You know, <laughs> even I might be able to uh, be an athlete and see if I can uh, high jump one metre because what are we looking at? We're looking at a minus 1.3 is all you need to do to potentially be on the podium. That That's scary, right? Scary in terms of you don't have to do a lot. So I can understand why Polly Gray can easily be the favourite in the market because it's comfortably got the capability of going plus 1.6. So class-wise... It's there, but distance profile, I'm not a hundred percent there. And and the, and mind you, the trials, the trials are giving the indicators this horse still needs to come on. So I'm gonna be keen to see what happens in the yard with this horse. Race shape, perfect. Ground conditions, if it stays maybe that's the other thing, Ralph. If it stays heavy, horse loves it. Right. So that's what I'm I can understand why it's favourite. What do we make of the closing speed of Captain Joie, the uh, Melbourne visitor at Sandown? Uh, which one? Number 14? 14. Yep. Yeah, number 14. It's, it's borderline elite because when I look at the first section, 4.8 lengths below benchmark, that's a reasonable speed. I don't like it when they go 7.8 last 400 and they've gone 10 lengths below benchmark first section because I've seen hurdlers do it. Yep. But this, this is another six lengths faster, and then there was further improvement in the mid-race. We didn't quite get to benchmark, so I could rubber stamp the 7.8. But what it was, it was a sure sign that, number one, horse is going to have a thriving go at up 200 metres, going to absolutely handle the wet track and does have a really strong last 400. So it's a dangerous horse. Dangerous horse. All right. Any, anything more we should touch on here? I'll just update tomorrow morning. Yeah, update tomorrow morning. Probably the horse we'd probably want to give a lot of consideration to his five, fine point. All right, fine point at this stage. Well, let's just round off, just just a lick of the ice cream here for race six because it's the Everest Constellation. It's a really good sprint race here, over 1,200 metres. is the favourite. Uh, we know he loves wet ground. He, he seems pretty tight because there's, there's a bit of talent against him too, not not, not knocking him, but, well, uh, we know the best of Apache Chase and in the Congo are very good horses. Well, the Constellation in many ways is going to be – Maybe more exciting race than the Everest. From a betting perspective, absolutely. Because <laughs> this is super competitive, right? Yeah. Here we are. The, the hurdle rate, you need 2.2 to get on the podium. And firstly, there's at least three horses that automatically tick the boxes. But there's there's a possibility of another five runners that could also run to that run line because they've done it in their historic profile. So there's probably seven or eight horses on, this, on their given day with the right level of luck 
that could make this a serious contest. And that's why I'm excited about this race. Big field, does it make it a really easy thing for betting? Well, I don't know yet. Maybe. We'll have to wait and see what happens between now and tomorrow morning. Just with, I'm really just all about, I want to see what the boys come back in terms of the way the track's walked. And then I, I might be able to sort of remove a couple of other runners or add some new runners to the to the list. But firstly, Forbidden Love, Kementari, Apache Chase. We own a smart one in the Congo remark. <laughs> Swats that. That's that's my starting point. All right. You, you got some more homework to do then. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, like <laughs> I said, tomorrow morning, hopefully I can get it down to a rock-solid three or four horses only. Fantastic. Thanks so much for getting our year-round carnival preview edition of Everest Day. Well, as uh, Vince mentioned, we'll update in the morning. <laughs> <laughs>